together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, a program presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're moving from traditional slavery to modern slavery. In our last two programs, we asked listeners to join with us and revisit the story of the emergence of slavery from the 1400s onwards, the time when European powers set out to discover, and that's in quotation marks, the rest of the world, as we like to sort of call it. Mm, Well, probably a more appropriate way of putting it would be that Europeans invaded, conquered and started to exploit large tracts of lands inhabited by many other peoples in the process killing and, and enslaving millions of them. Yes, indeed. It started with the initial attempts to find more secure and more direct ways to reach the fabled lands of the East via the West African coast to then, at the end of the 1400s, reach the Americas in a mistaken belief that they represented the back door to India from the West. We told the story of the establishment of plantation slavery, first in the Caribbean, later spreading into the southern states of the expanding United States, especially in the early 1800s. Mm, That's right. And we described how the US Civil War in the early 1860s, which supposedly ended in the abolishing of slavery, was followed by a racist, segregated and really murderous country. As it remained till the mid-1900s, about 70 years ago. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, indeed, the Black Lives Matter movement starting in 2013 and meanwhile having worldwide reverberations, potently tells us that the aftermath of colonialism and slavery is not quite finalised. No, well, black lives certainly didn't matter at the times of the plantation slavery, as we've talked about, and apparently very often black lives still don't matter, at at least for those in power. Yes, Mm -hmm. they still don't matter. When you listen to the migration law changes, Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis is trying to get through in Florida. So you notice that slavery is not done. Mm. Over the last two weeks, we also referred to the traces of slavery in Australia. And of course, colonialism was more generally after the British invasion in Australia in the late 1700s. We refer to Lake and Reynolds' book on the global color line, as they call it, on how racism and how race, the, the racism inherent in slavery and its aftermath was espoused by a lot of supposedly great thinkers in Britain at the early stages of the federation uh, process in Australia. Yeah, well, who could forget that the white Australia policy wasn't a, um, which went th- through the 1900s and mm. wasn't abolished really till mm-hmm. the 1970s right. with Gough Whitlam. That's right. And talking about aftermath, a recent book with that title and with the subtitle Colonialism, Violence and Memory in Australia, New Zealand and the Pacific 
that book lays to rest once and for all, I think, the claims that Australia never knew slavery. Mm, despite what Morrison said no, when that, he was PM. <laughs> exactly, not that long ago, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a chapter on West Australia, Jane Lydon talks about Anglican Reverend John Brown Gribble, who was appointed in 1885 to start a new mission in Gascoigne in Western Australia. Mm. Gribble openly denounced as slavery the practices of settlers against Aboriginal workers and women. And Lydon concludes her chapter saying this, and I quote, In popular memory, the abolition of slavery across the Western Front, uh, the, across the British Empire in 1833 is a matter for celebration. But the history of Western Australia's northwestern frontier reveals significant continuities with slavery. To meet the need for labour, white colonists used violent methods of domination, such as massacres, flogging, chaining, and sexual servitude, alongside seemingly more humane forms of punishment and constraint provided by the penal system. Unquote. Mm-hmm. Rachel Burgess and other contributors to the book Colonialism, Violence and Memory in Australia reports about men, women and children being used as indentured labour and station workers. They tell how the women were often coerced into one unwanting or and what sorry unwanted sexual contact, and also how the Aboriginal children were born into servitude and raised as indentured station workers. Mm, well, well, Jacques, a lot of the founding fathers of Western Australia <laughs> brought their slave plantation money with them mm-hmm. from the Caribbean. That's right, which we talked about. Um, how that money was made over the last couple of um, episodes. But, right. And those founding fathers, um, the co- they brought the compensation money they got from losing their slaves when Britain abolished slavery. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, the US, actually, particularly. Yeah. The, U- the US abolished. Yeah, that's, that's actually true. That's yeah. a, well, well, Britain only uh, not so long ago finished paying out in today's terms, it's billions of dollars right. for compensation to the slave owners. And a lot of the people who established the founding fathers of Western Australia invested or used that money mm-hmm. to establish Western That's Australia right. as a, right. a colony. So it, it's not surprising um, that these founding fathers brought a slave culture with them mm-hmm. um, to justify different, a lot of different forms of cheap and unpaid labour. Mm, that's right, I agree, yes. And the editors of the book, which I just mentioned before, Colonialism, um, Violence and Memory, uh, they suggest in their introductory te- text, and I quote again, colonial violence inhabits our present in multiple ways. It is part of our landscape, referenced in street and place names, Mm. but also in family memory. Contributors show how historical silence continues to affect victims and perpetrators, and how the development of a settler code of silence has lent credibility to perpetrator narratives and invalidated those of the peoples who have been and still are harmed by colonialism, Mm. end of quote. 
Mm, yeah, it's gaslighting on a grand scale, isn't it? Mm. Which is why, of course, Jacques, you and I, we thought it timely for Think Again, our program to contribute to the conversations we need to have about historical and ongoing racism mm. against First Nations people in Australia. Especially thinking of the coming, about the coming referendum and the need to advance voice, treaty and truth-telling processes. Hence, our series of three programs on slavery, colonialism and their aftermath. Yeah, and, and I do understand why some argue we need to first look at truth-telling, especially with uh, Liberal Party assertions that the voice would re-racialise Australia. Mm. So we've been hearing that from Liberal leaders. Mm. As if Australia isn't already racialised and wasn't from the very start of colonisation. That's right. As if we're... Uh, yeah, that's the problem to be addressed, surely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not... We don't have a level playing field. No, we don't. And Aboriginal people in Australia are routinely subjected to devastating disadvantage, discrimination and abuse... And it's deeply embedded in our history and it's deeply embedded in the difficult lives for many Aboriginal people as entrenched in racist systems and passed down through generations. That's right. And we then, of course, conveniently blame the victims for that. Mm. As Amnesty International puts it, and I quote, Australia's shameful colonial history from British, British invasion to the theft of Aboriginal land to genocide, the rejection and repression of Aboriginal culture, social exclusion, imprisonment, slavery, the stolen generation, extreme racism and forced poverty continue to hold First Nations people back in almost every facet of life, mm. unquote. That is in the preamble to Amnesty's campaign to stop 10-year-olds being incarcerated, overwhelmingly Aboriginal children, and to raise the minimum age of criminal responsibility to at least 14 years. So how incredible that mm. we're, we're incarcerating so 10-year-olds um, exactly. and so many of them being Aboriginal. Mm-hmm. And Sim, uh, Oxfam makes similar comments on the health gap for Aboriginal Australians, saying... Uh, the persistent shortfall in health status of First Australians and their life expectancy in part reflects the ongoing impact of centuries of alienation and marginalisation. Mm. And, and I, I would add, with Aboriginal life expectancy mm-hmm. being 10 years less, less that's right. than for non-Aboriginal yeah. people, 10 years less. And then there are the observations of the usually conservative Productivity Commission in a 2020 report on the well-being of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Rates of children in out-of-home care have almost tripled in the past 15 years. Yeah, and so despite our national shame about the stolen generations... Out-of-home care is actually increasing. Mm -hmm. Aboriginal children are still being removed from families, community and country um, in droves (laughs) to to the long-lasting detriment of their health and well-being. Mm, The proportion of adults reporting high levels of psychological distress actually increased from 27% in 2004 
and five to thirty one percent in two thousand eighteen nineteen and the right the rate of death from suicide and self harm increased by forty percent over the decade to twenty eighteen so we're going backwards yes. <laughs> And um, Aboriginal imprisonment, again, according to the Productivity Commission, is going up in leaps and bounds too. Um, the adult imprisonment rate increased an incredible 72% between 2000 and 2019. So that's Aboriginal imprisonment. And as for young Aboriginal people, although the youth detention has decreased, it's still... 22 times the rate for non-Indigenous youth. So that's an incredible, Mm -hmm. like, youth detention rate Mm -hmm. is 22 times the rate Mm -hmm. for non-Indigenous youth. And importantly, the Productivity Commission highlighted systemic racism and systemic barriers as a background to the much lower and worsening health for First Nations people. One of the strategies the Productivity Commission recommends is, and I quote, enabling Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to share in decision-making on things that affect them, which, of course, is what The Voice is intended to do, though we acknowledge there are differences in opinion on how this should be done, even if it is, you know, if it should be put ahead of the truth-telling and treaty. But it is certainly timely to talk about this right now in Reconciliation Week. That's right. We are in Reconciliation Week, Mm -hmm. although as pointed out by Noongar author Claire G. Coleman on our program last year, about this time, um, there are also differing opinions about Reconciliation Week. Yeah, with her commenting, it's not really enough to participate in activities for just one week of the year and do nothing for the rest. Yeah, well, that's right. And Claire comment, interestingly, Claire commented on Sorry Day too, which was last Friday, 26th mm-hmm. of May. That's right. And while it's a good thing for non-Aboriginal people like us to take responsibility on Sorry Day, I think, uh, Claire also pointed out Um, that for um, many Aboriginal people, it's a day of mourning when Aboriginal people return to their communities and mourn their losses and uh, stolen children. And a lot of Aboriginal people, understandably, want to be left alone with their family on Sorry Day. It's their time for mourning. With all that in mind, we'll go to the rather meditative song I'm Sorry by the Brunswick Women's Choir.
You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radio, 855 AM on your dial, and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today, we've continued our conversation about slavery, focusing mostly on the US and Australia. So, continuing that topic, let's move to the question of whether slavery is still with us. And if it is, what forms it's taking? And what is being done about it? Yeah. Borderlands has supported and collaborated with Roscoe Howell for several years now, about 10 years, 12 years ago. Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L. That's right. In his efforts to make us all aware of the persistence of modern forms of slavery and about the need to develop Australian legislation to combat it. Roscoe started to become active around the issue of slavery in 2005 and he founded Slavery Links Australia. And we will put all the details in uh, on the website. He started it in 2009 and, the and he remains the founding director of Slavery Links Australia. Yeah, so as it says on its on the website, Slavery Links Australia is active in educating, researching publishing and developing policy to expose slavery in the general economy and to suppress slavery. Yeah, one of its major publications is Mark Burton's 2018 The Business of Slavery. The book suggests that, and I quote, slavery did not end 200 years ago. Slavery persists in the modern world. In a global economy, Australia is exposed to modern slavery. In particular, Australian businesses may be exposed to the ancient slave-making systems which persist in the Indo-Asia-Pacific. There have also been cases of slave-making in Australia. Mm. The directors and managers of business of, in this country need to ensure they are not exposed to, six, to such practices in Australia or overseas, end of quote. Mm. And in another publication... Australians and Modern Slavery, which appeared in 2013, Roscoe Howell uses United Nations definitions to describe modern slavery. And the reality behind those definitions is rather shocking and disconcerting. In 2013, when the book was published, there were an estimated 27 million people currently living as slaves. That's just incredible. 27 Mm. million slaves in the world. That's right. Those were UN figures. Mm. Indeed, slavery takes multiple forms these days. The United Nations defines 11 forms of modern slavery. First, being born into slavery, especially in southern Asian countries and mainly related to debt bondage. Then follow child labor, child soldiery and Mm. child trading. Then comes debt slavery, forced labor, forced marriage and forced sexual service, especially in war situations. And finally, there are human labor and organs trafficking rackets. Mm. So these forms of modern slavery have been defined by international treaties and agreements, mostly generated by the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. The Australian and Modern Slavery uh, book adds enslavement and rape in war as an additional form of slavery, including sexual slavery and violence, enforced prostitution, forced pregnancy, 
and enforced sterilization, which are also included in the Australian Criminal Code, by the way. Yeah, and the four main things enabling modern slavery are identified by Roscoe Howell as poverty, powerlessness, crime or corruption and conflict. And each Mm. of those would obviously deserve an entire program of its own. Yeah. So bringing it back to Australia, there are several groups uh, of people in Australia who are potential victims of living in slave conditions. The first group is illegal migrants who often remain invisible, and I believe uh, our fruit agriculture has been dependent on their labour for a long time. Uh, I know farmers on the Victorian New South Wales border, they used to hate it when immigration officials did raids because they wouldn't have enough people uh-huh. to pick their that's fruit. Right. Yeah. yeah, so that's been around for a while. Mm. But what about new migrants? who are tied to certain employers to retain their visa. Mm. There are quite a lot of legal entrants, legal entrants in this country who are invisible, like people working in the hospitality industry. Mm. In fact, holders of Australia's 457 visas are particularly vulnerable to forms of slavery, especially as they may be victims of exploitative employment scams. Cutting costs in competing businesses has particularly hit wage earners, of which such visa holders are the least protected. Yeah, so they become the victims of Mm. uh, capitalist greed enabled by a dysfunctional visa uh, migration system. Which all... Which all of this sounds pretty overwhelming as we've listed it, outlined it just now, Jacques. So I guess what can we do and what can listeners do? Well, as we mentioned before, there is the activist group Slavery Links Australia, which we can actually learn from and give support. We'll put the link on our program, as I said before. The organisation deals with Australian and state legislations relating to slavery. In particular, Slavery Links suggests that local police and local inspectors are well-placed to identify slavery. Mm. And its research on forced labour, or slavery links, research on forced labour and on precarious work, can be downloaded for free. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the organisation also engages with the community through public speaking, seminars, workshops and education materials. And they often give evidence to Parliament. Mm, so it's a, a many-pronged approach. Yeah. yeah, finally, given that we are into the campaign towards a positive outcome for the, uh, of the referendum, we would do well to remind our private and public networks of the shameful historical and current ways in which our country, our own country, has been involved in slavery and continues to be involved in it. Yeah, And given how surprising all of this talk of slavery in Australia would be to a lot of people, if Mm -hmm. not most people, we could ponder on the silences we've created and the silences we continue to create around different versions of slavery that are happening here. Yeah, not to mention the sometimes overwhelming denialism some politicians and journalists, journalists continue to engage in. Yeah, so let's keep counteracting that, Sean. That's right. So in as far as uh, community announcements are concerned, tomorrow is actually Mabo Day, uh, Saturday the 3rd of June, 31st anniversary celebrations of Mabo Day. Mabo was probably one of the most important first steps in 
the, the final recognition that uh, Australia has been living on top of a lie, really, mm. uh, the, the lie of terra nullius. And finally, an Australian uh, justice uh, gave right to the claims of Aboriginal people that they actually belonged to this country and that the country belonged to them mm. in that reciprocal kind of relationship. Mm. With a legal statement of the bleeding obvious that <laughs> there were people here <laughs> already. <laughs> That's right. And I think we now... Yep, there you are. Get ready to add your support during our annual Radiothon. Stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon fundraiser June 2023. To donate, call the station 0394198377 or donate online 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay tuned, stay radical. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio and supporting our program. If you want to send us a message, you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available by podcast on your favourite platform and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.